Hello, I'm Sarah James, a lifestyle blogger and self-help aficionado. And I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and psychotherapist. And you are listening to Selfie, a weekly podcast in the Life Listen Network about two women embarking on a self-care bender. We're both of the opinion that self-care is important, and yet it's elusive. And while we may have all the information we need, we don't always get there. We want to explore different aspects of self-care, from the silly to the serious, looking at body, mind, and spirit, and also just some random talk that's thrown in there for good measure. We we also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 17. Today, we are talking about some of our favorite snacks, and we'll also be talking about the Enneagram Type 6. We are like almost to the end. We've got what, six, seven, eight, nine left to go. Three episodes left, and we have gotten mixed reviews on the Enneagram conversation. Some of you are loving it, and some of you have begged us to stop. <laughs> Ain't that the <laughs> well, truth? <laughs> tell us your how dreams you really will feel. come true. I know, <laughs> but we're going to start this episode um, talking about snacks in just a sec. But I have to say, I'm a little bummed because I just realized I'm super hungry. Oh. And now we're going to talk about snacks. Ooh, not a good idea. It's like when you go grocery shopping when you're starving. Exactly. It's, Bad it's exactly idea. that. <laughs> so how has your month been? You just got back from a trip, right? I just got back from a trip at the beginning of January. Every year I get together with five other girlfriends. There's six of us total. Um, we are dear friends. We talk almost every day on the Voxer app, which we're going to talk about next week when we speak of our favorite apps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this group of friends and I, we, they are just, you know, my nearest and dearest. They know all my crap. Um, and we get together once a year because we all live in different places and it is just life-giving and peaceful we talk, we drink wine, we don't talk, we watch movies, we read books. It's just like the ideal vacation. Oh, that sounds so good. Yes, I came back so I came back so zen, but then oh. I also came back to my house is under construction and it rained while I was gone and the entire construction project flooded. Oh god, Kristen, no. Ah, uh, so I was like, I'm so peaceful. I'm in such a good place. I'm like not going to sweat stuff anymore. I'm like going to stay in this good headspace and then I come home and I'm like, I hate everyone and everything. Oh, uh, it's like you I mean, I don't know, but I really feel like you poor thing, you are constantly and consistently being tested. It's been a year. It's been yeah. a year. Yeah. And um, I would just like to apologize in advance to the listeners. If you hear some tapping, that's the sound of construction workers trying to <laughs> mitigate water damage. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will understand. I would understand. You know, we're trying uh, to get these podcasts out. And you know what? It's real life. Like this, it's is, real life. this is life. This is what's happening. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. How about you? How's your how's your week been? Oh, it's it's been okay. We've had, well, like the rest of the nation, we've had the most cuckoo weather. It's been yeah. really mild and then really, really frigidly cold. And a couple of weeks ago, we had um, this cold spurt. And I'm talking like teens, you know, five degrees is the high. I, I can't, I can't even. Uh, no, it's, it's literally walking to the car to take the kids to school. It's just... It's like the the liquid on your eyeballs freezes before you can get to the car. It's just miserable. I, I could not be able to function. <laughs> but what I've noticed, this is new for us, is that, you know, when it's that cold outside, anything that has a heartbeat, whether you be a human or not, wants to get inside because you're going to die. That's right? fair. You're going to die. You're yeah. going to die if you're outside. So like a, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed this. Well, first of all, let me say we have this. Okay. Our house has this. Our living room is the front room. It's a very high ceiling. So we don't have an attic. It's like our, our living room, the ceiling goes basically to the roof, right? And we live in a 90-year-old home. And I noticed a couple of weeks ago, there was like this little hole right where the brick meets the roof above our living room. And I noticed this little mm -hmm. bird that was flying in and out of that <sighs> hole. And it looked like- it I saw your Instagram story yeah. about that. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it was taking little worms. And I'm like, of course, me. I'm like, how cute that it's a little nest inside my space between my ceiling and the roof. Well, it turns out this bird 
or whatever is burrowing itself into my roof structure. I don't know what's happening. It's super loud. It, so it, <laughs> if you all hear any banging, that's actually some sort of woodpecker in the roof above me trying to, I don't know, like break through brick with its beak or suddenly it's going to come flying through the plaster and kill me. So that's my number that one. That is so unnerving. That oh, would really... <laughs> It, I would have a hard time with that. It's really loud. Like this has to be yeah. a really large bird and a really strong beak. It's like beep, 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 beep. Okay, but that's not the worst. That's not the worst. Oh my god, It's gosh. not the worst. Are you ready for the worst? I don't know if I am. Okay, well, you're probably going to guess pretty soon, pretty, pretty early in the story. Okay, so uh, our drawer where we keep our flatware, our silverware, flatware, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. um, in our kitchen, that's also kind of like this, we have like the tray where we keep all of our flatware. And then we also have, it's kind of like our catch-all. Everyone has like the catch-all drawer, right? Where oh, everyone has a drawer. Where you drawer. throw the ketchup yeah. packets. Cause oh my God, one day yeah. you might not have enough ketchup. So you got to use those mm-hmm. ketchup packets. So there's But like, you've always eaten that ketchup too. Oh, so oh, it's, totally. it's valuable. Yeah. Oh, totally valuable. <laughs> Soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, red hot chili pepper flakes, whatever. Taco sauce, yeah. Taco sauce, yeah. That's kind of what's going on. So I noticed when I opened it one day to grab a fork that it smelt like ketchup. And honestly, I was just too lazy to investigate. I was like, yeah, maybe one of the packages kind of like broke up and I just don't have time to deal with this. Shut the door. The next day, Malou comes to me and she's like, mom, I tried to grab a spoon. I got barbecue sauce all over my hand. And I'm like, oh, that's odd. Once again, too lazy to investigate. Sarah, I don't like where this is going. Oh, you are not going to like this My anxiety is high right now. You're not going to like this. So a couple more days pass, and finally I open it up, and like literally the smell, the whiff of all of the sauces hits me so hard. I'm like, what is, okay, something is wrong. So I pull out the drawer, I kind of stick my hand in there, and I notice that these ketchup packets, and these are not the old school packets. These are the newer packets, you know, that have like the hard plastic bottoms. Yeah, that you can dip top. into. I okay. love those, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I will never be able to look at one again after this. <laughs> but I look over and all of them have gnawed holes in the side of them where almost all the ketchup has been eaten out. Okay? I'm dying. Okay, so I, of course, you know me, the first thing I think of is, oh my God, we have a rodent, number one. Yeah. And number two, it's in my flatware drawer. So all of these nights, uh. it's probably been burrowing <laughs> on top of the the cutlery yeah. we yeah. eat off of every um, day, probably yeah. rubbing its rodent ass all over my flatware that I then stick in my mouth the next oh day. So that gosh. took me about three hours to get down from that panic attack. And then I oh realized, yeah, we have a rodent in this house. So I... This is a problem I've not had before. And so I consulted my father who's like, well, you better get a mousetrap. Okay, whatever. So we got this mousetrap. We placed it back down by the baseboard. First morning we wake up, nothing in the mousetrap, but the cheese is gone in the mousetrap. Like it's gone. It's like this. So wait, what kind of mousetrap are you using here? Like old, old school, school like, <laughs> like Oh, but then you have to like remove <laughs> remove it. I don't even know what I'm doing, Kristen. Seriously. I was like, okay, fine, I'll put this here. But this Okay, Sarah, you've got to buy the electric kind where they go inside and it oh, zaps God. them. Okay. And then you throw the whole thing away so you don't have to actually see it. Well, my story is not over. And first of all, okay. just wait, okay. because you were right. I should have bought the electrocution, whatever. But I don't anyway, like where this is going. This again. rodent was like taking the cheese. This rodent was so smart. He was like taking the cheese off the trap, eating half of it, and then <laughs> flinging it like three <laughs> inches from the trap. Like, you think this is going to get me, you little... I mean, yeah. So... I'm like, then I'm getting like pissed. An evolved, a mentally evolved rat. It was a mentally involved rat, evolved rat. So then I'm thinking, okay, either it's huge or it's just super smart. But then there was like this little part of me that's like, oh, wow, like this is a great little story. You go, mouse, you go. Anyway, this happened for three, three nights. We tried something different. One time we tried blue cheese with a squirt of ketchup on it. Next morning, wake up, trap is still set, blue cheese and ketchup gone. Just like this freaking rodent mind-boggling so anyway i was like all over amazon at that point i bought several different kinds of traps to be sent amazon prime (laughs) of course you did try to kill this rodent and i just told dustin a couple days ago listen let's just give up i don't we obviously i took everything out of that drawer there was no like food you know things anywhere for the mouse to get to 
So the night we gave up and the next morning he opens up the trash bin, which is basically up against the baseboard. And he's like, it's there. It's dead. It's not in the trap, but it's dead. I'm like, what? What? And so it was the tiniest little field mouse, thank God, because if it was a rat, I would have died. And I I guess it went in and it snapped him, but it didn't really get him. But anyway, it killed him. So he was dead. So um, Dustin removed it, put it out in the trash. I didn't have to touch anything. But it's like the bird burrowing into my house, and now I have a mouse, and are there more mice? I just don't know. I cannot deal. I'm living in a zoo right now. I'm in a zoo. Okay, that is totally insane. Do you remember, we were friends, I think, when this happened, that we had a rat in our sewage system, and Jafta went to the bathroom in the middle of the night and found a rat in the toilet. No, you're lying to me. You're lying to me. Isn't that the craziest thing? There was a rat in the toilet. Like it screamed bloody murder. It swam up. They can actually do that. I thought that was a myth. It's not. In fact, I Googled it because I was like, I just couldn't even believe it happened. Like I was, it's one of those fears you have when you pee in the middle of the night. Like (laughs) what if there's a a snake or a rat? And it's like, it happened. It actually happened to him. And then it swam up into our, through our plumbing, into our washing machine, chewed out the washing machine um, plumbing. And my entire washing machine flooded my entire house, an entire load of laundry, because I set it, left, come back, my entire house was flooded. No. To the point where we had to move out for six weeks. So I do remember that. I remember Remember? you living in that hotel. Uh, uh Uh-huh. When I had four children, just like one to four. I'm just crossing my fingers that it was one lone field mouse. Well, I know, but what are you going to do about the pokey bird? Drilling its way um, into your house. What do well, you do? I there's people that fix that. And it's funny because I kind of, I yeah, I went to Instagram stories and was like, what is this noise? I was recording it on Instagram. What is this noise, people? And if you live in the Oklahoma City area, could you please give me a recommendation? And everyone's like, well, that sounds like it could be a rat. And I'm like, eh, what? What? In my roof? I don't think so. But apparently, yeah, there's these bird people you call and they go in and take out the bird. But I just, what the heck? It's so it could loud. be a rat, though. That is super weird. But the only thing that makes me think it's not a rat is that I literally saw a bird going in that hole. That's true. You did. So I, I, I'm hanging it. on to that, Kristen. I am hanging yeah. on to that for my life because I do oh not my. want any more animals in my house. I mean, I, I don't have pets for a reason, and now I feel like I have six. <laughs> you do. my life. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about food. Food after talking about I'm rats. I'm so eating hungry, food. Sarah. I don't you know are? what I've done. Like I'm so, I've never been so hungry. And now don't let's just talk even. about snacks. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why don't you just like grab something and just mute yourself and you can just chomp away while no, I'm talking. No, that's super gross. You don't want to hear me chewing. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay. So I have to say my number one snack that I mm-hmm. have almost every day is some sort of mixed nuts concoction. Yep. Like, I love nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pull quote right there. That's the pull quote we're going to put on Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. I have got the mind of a 15-year-old teenage boy. I like, love I nuts. Cannot, I cannot Sarah James. say that with, okay, seriously. I'm going to superimpose that over a sunset and put it on Instagram. <laughs> By the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, <laughs> selfie podcast on Instagram, inspirational oh, quotes for you, like, oh my nuts. God, oh my God. That's what she said. I made a fantastic discovery because I know that you love, and I do too, the Trader Joe's Omega Trek, Omega Trek yes. mixed nuts. Yes. My favorite. And we were making our show notes and I'm like, well, I feel bad for all the people that don't live near Trader Joe's. And then I had the thought because, you know, I love Amazon. What if they had Trader Joe's stuff at Amazon? They do. What? They do. So all of you listeners who don't live near a Trader Joe's, you can buy it on Amazon. A bunch of Trader Joe's stuff. Oh, that's so good. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I had no idea about that. Do you have a Trader Joe's near you though now? Yes, I do. Okay, yeah. We got now, one I last love Trader year, Joe's. Which is great, but if but you yeah. do not live near one, it is the best and you can buy some of the stuff on Amazon. Five things on my list probably are from Trader Joe's. So So there are many there are many nut varieties. What makes you love that specific mix? Uh, I love the sunflower seeds 
mixed with the pecans, mixed with the cranberries. The cranberries, yeah. It's so, I agree. I think it actually gives me indigestion. <laughs> I have to like well, really watch it because I will, I will down yeah. those suckers. Honestly, you know, like the blue can of the planters mixed nuts. Just yeah. like, you know, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I have one of those in my house, I will <laughs> really old school. I will, honest to God, take it down in three days, like a big one. I don't think that's, that's so good for funny. my s- system. It's a lot of roughage. It, it's a lot of little bits stuck in your intestines. That's a, but I love it. I love it. So Trader Joe's Omega Truck Mix. Like that's my number one go-to snack. They're in my car. They're in my kitchen drawer where the rat eats the things. They're everywhere. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Okay. Well, I'm going to share some healthy and some unhealthy snacks. But my go-to is um, it's a chip-ish product that they sell at Starbucks. It's puffed chickpeas, which I know sounds super weird. They're called hippies. Um, and they are, they're just chickpeas that they've somehow puffed kind of like a corn puff Yeah. and they have a fajita flavor that is so yummy. And I pretend like it's super healthy, but it's really still just fried chickpeas. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Really but at least it's not processed puff like, um, pirate's booty, which I will take down if it's around me as well. Girl, so at least you're eating pirate's chickpeas. booty, I will eat an entire bag by myself in one sitting. The cheddar, the cheese ones, the cheese See, I love, pirate's booty. I, weirdly, I love the kale flavor. Oh. The green one. Yeah, those are And so good. do my kids. It's a little sweet. Oh, it's so good. Do you remember? Okay, I don't know why. I, we are not being sponsored by planters, people, but <laughs> this just popped into my head. Did you ever eat the planters cheese balls in the blue tin? Mm, or was that like no. a southern Oklahoma thing? Oh, God. People somebody... You mean like those old school just cheese balls and they're bright orange? Yes. And they were in oh, a yeah. blue tin with the yellow top made by planters. Best thing I've ever... I know someone out there right now is in their car fist bumping. They're like, yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> those are delicious. Balls. Those are so good. I feel like those Pirate's Booty cheese flavor are slightly reminiscent of the old well, school planters cheese balls. Now that we're just nerding out on crap snacks, okay, have you tried um, Cheez-Its or no, Cheetos? Cheetos has a all natural, supposedly, I'm sure it's not, but it's like a more natural um, cheese puff. Have you had those? No. Are those They're so good. They come in an individual bag. They don't have the orange dye. Oh, so that's, as I say, what is it that makes them healthy? They don't have to uh, die. Nothing, probably nothing, but they're not bright orange. <laughs> they're like white, but they taste like Cheetos. They're really, I th- actually think they taste better. They're really yummy. Cheetos, it's like Cheetos natural. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. I'm going to check delicious. that out. We'll okay, link so it up. I'm going to link it up on Selfie Podcast because I'm sure if you can find Trader Joe's on Amazon, I'm sure you can get Cheetos on Amazon. <laughs> what can you not get on Amazon for real? I don't know. I love it a lot. Okay, Lundberg Fiesta Lime Rice Chips. Have you had these? I have had their rice chips. I have not had Fiesta Lime. Okay, so many things I love about these. The texture is really crispy and flaky. It's, it's a nice rice chip. But the flavor, the Fiesta Lime, I like tangy. Like I'm, in fact, a bunch of the stuff I'm going to talk about is tangy. Uh-huh. And this one is super lime tangy chip. Ooh, so I yummy. like tangy. Yes. <gasps> That's good. The only chip that I had on my list was I, I'm addicted to the Sesame Blues. They're made by Garden of Eat, Eat not Eating, Eaton, <laughs> Garden of Eaton, Sesame Apostrophe, Blues. Apostrophe. They're Southern. just round blue corn chips with sesame seeds all over them. Oh, I love those too. Oh, I love those. Those so are good. super yummy. And it's really you, crunchy. Super crunchy. And if you dip them into... If you walk into a Whole Foods, they always have the section where they have all the fruit and then they have like their own pre-made salsas, like in the, just like the little plastic. Like they, that they actually chopped yes, and made. That they yes. actually made. The Whole Foods red, the hot one, the hot red mm. salsa with those sesame blues. Oh. Yum. I mean, you can't beat it. That you sounds really it. good. And those are reasonably healthy. Most of the stuff we're talking about is reasonably healthy. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what else do you have that's healthy? Um, well, I love avocado. I just love a good avocado. I'll eat it plain or I'll eat it on toasted gluten-free bread. Um, but I love my avocado with lemon pepper. Again, I like that. I like tang, mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a little, I don't know, what's what's that called? Umami? Yes. Um, 
But I'm picky about my lemon pepper. Okay. And there is one that is Jane's, um, and it is the best lemon pepper. It's salty. It's super tangy. It's got a little garlic in it. But avocado on top of a piece of toasted gluten-free bread with that lemon pepper over the top is really one of my favorite snacks ever. That sounds pretty heavenly. You know, I have, I put a couple of seasonings on mine as well, which you could put both of these on your avocado toast. The first one, of course, once again, Trader Joe's. Have you had their everything blend? I have. I freaking love everything bagels. And I love that now you can just buy the seasoning and put it on anything. And the everything blend is on Amazon. Oh, I'm everyone listening to this right now. Get to it. It's like everything that's on the everything bagel. It is a little bottle. It is so good on, like Kristen said, avocado toast. It's amazing on eggs, eggs in the morning, scramble them up. I, I, there's very few spices that are kind of like a, a seasoning blend that you just sprinkle on things that I actually make it all the way through. I have to buy a new one every month. I mean, I blow totally. through this stuff. It's so delicious. The garlic and the like poppy seeds or not poppy well, seeds. Well, there's a specific flavor in that whole, everything, you know, genre. And I think it's rye. I agree. Yes. Is, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? It's like that, that kind of unique. Yes. Yeah. I think it's like little rye seeds. And I think they either have um, caraway or fennel, which kind of gives it a, You're a right. slightly anise That's right. flavor, which you should love being the black licorice lover that I you lo- are. I love fennel, anise, that whole vibe. I love it. This stuff is really so good. It's and it's a so little good. crunchy, a little salty. Yeah. And then the other seasoning that I love that I bought is the one that I was introduced to at the place right by where I used to live, right by you. What was that place called? Jan's. Jan's, Jan's Health Bar. Oh, I love Jan's Health you Bar. You took me there. And, and yes. same, there is a salad there. Yes. What was that salad called? <sighs> My I, brain's I going. I mean, it's like Jan's salad. It's <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, write that down. Jan's yes. salad. Um, no, but anyway, they use the seasoning called Spike. S-P-I-K-E. Yes. And it is the most delicious thing. And I couldn't figure out what kept me coming back to Jan's. I mean, it's great, really healthy. But all of the bowls I would get from them and salads, I'd be like, what is this amazing flavor? And it's spike seasoning. I left that store and literally went and bought that seasoning because I'm like, what magic is this? (laughs) You can put it on any veggie, on cucumbers. It's amazing. On tomatoes. It's, It's such a good spice. It is delicious. So I think, I mean, you guys are pretty much set if you've got everything blend, spike seasoning, and the lemon pepper. What else no, do you no, need? No, no, I have one more. Oh, I have oh, another oh, seasoning. Oh. And the reason I love these little seasonings, too, is generally speaking, they're low to no calorie. Yeah. You know, so you can put them on all kinds of veggies, fruits, things that are healthy, but then you feel like you've, like kind of added something. The other seasoning I would absolutely recommend that's one of my favorite snack foods is tahini. Ooh. I don't Do you know, know tahini? Okay, so tahini it's it's a Mexican product and I had never seen it till I moved to California. Um, it is a, a tangy Mexican spice. If you've ever seen like a street, a Mexican street cart where they do fruit and they put that, it's bright orange stuff all over it. Yeah. That's tahini. So oh. on watermelon, on pineapple, on cantaloupe, it's amazing. It's got a tiny bit of spice, not too bad. They have a spicy version and regular, but it's just, it's, it's um, paprika. It's a little chili powder. It's, it's very savory, but so good on fruit. So that'd be awesome on mango. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. And you can, if like, if you go down to Santa Ana, you know, or any kind of, um, Mexican area in, in Southern California, they're selling tahini on everything on the street, like every fruit with tahini on top. Yeah. I could get down with that. I can't, I can't believe you haven't tried it. I'm going to send you some because it's so good. Well, I was going to say there is a seasoning that I buy from Shocker, Trader Joe's, that they recommended that I put on mango. And I think it's very similar. They, I don't think it's Okay, that tahini. is, yes, you're right. I know exactly what, the one you're talking about. Yeah. So they tried to knock off tahini. Okay. And tahine. failed. Okay. Okay. I do. I love me some Trader Joe's and they usually nail it, but that is a 
I know the one you're talking about. That is a tahini. And tahini is spelled T-A-J-I-N. Okay. Um, it is also available on Amazon. Um, but, yeah, they tried to do it at Trader Joe's, and they just missed the mark. Did I don't they? know. There's just some secret sauce that they didn't get. Okay, because I love that. I think it's pretty good. But if there could be something better, I'm all over that for sure. Um, so it has more tang if you like the tang. Oh, I love the tang. I like when my tongue, yeah. like, kind of tingles. Mm-hmm. You know what I exactly. mean? So, yeah. okay, we've got, let's see, what else? Oh, I've got other green things. Avocado. What? Um, I love sugar snap peas and or Ooh. edamame, either one. Oh, me too. Um, sugar snap peas I'll eat all the time, just raw. But um, the ones I buy also come, like, in a little bag that you can just microwave the whole bag. So you actually mm-hmm. eat them cooked, which I, I usually would eat them raw, but my daughter enjoys them cooked. And then edamame, Malou, my daughter, will take down an entire bag of edamame in like 10 minutes. I don't know. I'm like, how is that even in your stomach? But I know. Mine then, too. My girls uh, are the same way and they're the pickiest eaters, but they will eat edamame like nothing. What is the deal with that? I actually, I know what the deal with that is. It's because I put it's Maldon a sea, sea salt like the Madone oh. sea salt, I sprinkle like you know those big flakes of it, not like the, the flaky small salt. The... Yes, put that all over the top, and then you just eat that edamame, and it's so salty. Oh, I love salt. I love salt too. Most of our most of our snacks that we're talking about are salty versus sweet. I why well, do you have any sweet? What are your what are your sweet <laughs> snacks? It's funny. I only have one that I could even think of because I really do. I prefer salt over sweet. But it's really simple. I just eat chocolate chips, semi-sweet chocolate chips out of the bag. That's what, if I, if I have a sweet yeah. like a hank, hankering for something sweet, I just pour a handful of chocolate chips in my hand and munch on them. I'm not really an ice cream person. I'm not, a, I just, um, but I do like chocolate. So if I feel the urge, I'll just hit some chocolate chips, but I don't have anything super exciting besides that. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Well, I am equal opportunity. I do enjoy the sweet, but I don't like super sweet. Okay. So like one sweet snack that I love is um, sliced up and slicing up an apple and then dipping it in Justin's maple almond butter. Have you tried that oh, stuff? So good. Yes. It's so good. It's gritty, which I like. It's mapley. It's sweet. And you dip an apple in there, like a crisp apple into that gritty maple. It's so good. Oh, you've got to be so hungry right now, really, for real. I'm so hungry. I also like apples with brie. I really, really like apples with brie. You know, I don't, I haven't tried that very often. I don't ever buy brie. I I will enjoy brie once in a while, like at a party, if it's on like a cheese board or something. But that would be a good pairing. I'll tell you this past fall, the, um, what are the apples I like the best? The Honeycrisp? Honeycrisp. They, they were insane. They were huge and so tart and delicious and juicy. Oh, I couldn't get enough of those. I don't know what it was about this past fall, like that particular crop of Honeycrisp that was coming in here, but it was so delicious. You know, my kids go through apples like like you would not believe. I mean, truly, I can buy 30 apples at the beginning of the week and they're gone in five days. My kids eat apples like none else, but I am an apple snob. I love Honey Crisp. I love um, Pink Lady. Mm-hmm. Those are my very favorites. I'll do Gala in a pinch, but like Red Delicious, I just don't want any part of that. Oh, I don't want it's it's so mealy. And honestly, when I was little, I used to love the Granny Smith, but now I'm like, oh gosh, no, they're just like they're not tart in a good way. It's like too tart. It's like sour. Almost. It is sour. I agree. It's it's too tart. I think that that the um, pink lady or honey crisp has the right amount of tart. I totally and agree. And it was so funny earlier. I was talking to someone about this. They were talking about there's nothing better than biting into a, a cold apple. And I said, "What? You keep your apples in the refrigerator?" And like the entire table looked at me like I was cuckoo. They're like, "Yeah, you 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 bite into a room temperature apple." I'm like, "Um, yeah." I thought. <laughs> I, I don't know. In my head, I guess I thought apples were like tomatoes or something like don't put them in the refrigerator. But then I started putting them in the crisp little drawer, you know, in my refrigerator. I'm like, well, good, good Lord, this is a delight. This is quite a delight. 
That is so funny because I grew up, my mom put apples in the fridge. They were yeah. always in our fridge. But then again, I was in Florida. Right. But here in Southern California, I, well, first of all, we have so many, but I just put them in a giant bowl. We yeah. always have a giant bowl of apples. But I'm, I think we might have to do a little poll to see, you know, if our listeners keep their apples in the fridge or on the counter. I would actually love to know that because I almost I felt shamed by these people. <laughs> They were shaming me for eating an apple that just I was keeping in a fruit bowl. So but you, know, you lived you know in Southern you California for a long time. And I think that's a very Southern California. You like just have yeah. all your fruit out yeah. on, the, on the counter. Just sitting out. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else do you have? Anything else? Another sweet that I really love is plain yogurt with a little stevia because I like to control the sweet. I, I really don't like that, you know, ca- the yogurt that you buy that's already sweetened because I feel like they just put too much sugar. Totally. So plain yogurt with just a little stevia with berries and granola. That is like, that is my favorite. Ooh, I love granola so much. I know. Love, love. And just fresh berries, fresh raspberries, maybe strawberries, maybe blueberries on top of yogurt is to me better than ice cream. Well, this is a good list. We have a lot of good stuff. Trader Joe's run is coming up soon. I'm going to get one of those. And get some good I apples. I think I might go there like as soon as we are done. Okay. Yeah. You're like, Sarah, could you, could you wrap this up? Could you wrap? Okay. Let's, so hungry. I know. She's hungry. We got to move on people. We've got to move on. Okay. We are moving on to the Enneagram type six, but not before I talk to you about a new sponsor we have. You might've heard of them. Daily Burn. It is basically a fitness program and they are the world's leading provider of on-demand video workout programs that you can do anywhere. Essentially, as long as you have a connected device, you can access their huge library of workout videos. I'm talking cardio, yoga, kickboxing, dance. You want it, they probably have got it. And there are thousands of classes for every level of athlete. So if you're the type that does not have the time to get to a gym or you travel all the time or you have small children, this is a great way to get your exercise in at home on a connected device. There are tons of workouts and it's a really, really cool experience. So right now we have a special offer for you. If you visit dailyburn.com slash selfie, you can start a free 60-day trial all of their workout programs, the whole kit and caboodle. All you have to do is visit dailyburn.com slash selfie today to start that 60-day trial. That's dailyburn.com slash selfie. Now we are going to dive into the Enneagram type six. I have a great, we have a great interview um, with Carly Lane coming up, who's actually a college student at a university in Texas, and she's getting ready to start graduate school in English. But it was really, um, I love talking to Carly because she's this young, fresh voice, you know, Um, she's fantastic. So the six is the loyalist, right? And they say that the six is the most common type. They do. Which, which I, is ironic because I don't know that many of them. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with that. So looking at a six, just, um, you know, top level here, um, they are productive. They're logical thinkers who almost always organize their thoughts and actions around what they believe would be the most advantageous for the common good. You know, they're loyal, they're honest, reliable. Um, they're great judges of character. Um, but they also are kind of driven by fear and anxiety. So six They are the most anxious of all of the types. Absolutely. In fact, I was I'm a three, obviously, but my second runner up was a six. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually a tie between six and nine. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. I know. But I, I definitely, oh, I definitely see the six in myself just with the anxiety of like the fear of the unknown. Like I just, I want to know, <laughs> I want to know the answers to everything. I don't like, you know, unclear, un- any, any unclearness. But, um, you know, the book that I have, you know, my trusty book, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, you know, I've been reading these pages of what it's like to be a number. So a couple of the sentences for what it's like to be a six 
are, um, I'm always imagining and planning for the worst, <laughs> which I'm like, yeah, I could do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. People say that I'm loyal, understanding, funny, and compassionate. Most of my friends don't have as much anxiety as I do. I act quickly in a crisis, but when things settle down, I fall apart, which I know you and I both can relate to that. I absolutely I spend so much time thinking of the worst scenario that if the worst scenario actually happens, I am by far the calmest in the room. But when things are that good, so true. Yeah. When things are good, I'm kind of like, oh, what could go wrong now? Let me think about it over and over and over. Other points, I'm generally not comfortable with extremes. Um, I am most comfortable when I'm around people who are pretty much like me. Uh, it helps me to have things in some kind of order. And uh, I am skeptical of things that are new and unknown. You know, and it's interesting because sixes can vacillate between being very loyal to authority or bucking authority. But they do tend to get involved in um, groups. They can be very political. Um, you know, they can, they, they find their group that they mesh with and that they feel that they can be supported in and trust in. Um, and, you know, it's been, it's been said that sixes can tend to things like Fox News or the other extreme, very liberal news outlets. It, it, it doesn't necessarily dictate their type of politics, but the way they engage in politics. Yes. Yes. I think it's such an interesting type. So let's uh, dive into this interview with Carly. So thanks for joining us, Carly. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. I am really excited to learn more about sixes because that was kind of my second runner up. I tied a six and a nine. And so I've been reading a fair amount about sixes. So how, how did you even like come upon the Enneagram and all of this? Yeah, so I don't exactly remember when it was, but maybe like five or six years ago, I saw the word Enneagram written for the first time, and it was actually through Lee Kramer's blog, um, who's an awesome resource for the Enneagram. And so I read about it back then, and I think I might have even taken the test, but I don't really remember what I got um, and just kind of like put it aside. Not many people were talking about it that I knew at that point. Um, and so it wasn't until a couple years later well, and I even remember back then asking someone about it and I mispronounced it. I said, like, have you heard of the Enneagram? And they said the Enneagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, that must be it. That's how you say it. Um, so that's as, that's how much I knew about it back then. But I'd say like for the last year and a half, um, it's been a huge part of my life as I've learned more about it. So I went back and took the test again. And I think I actually got a three the first time that I took it, which is funny that you said that six and nine were really close for you. That's kind of the whole triad there. But um, yeah, so I got three and read about it and was like, well, maybe kind of. Um, and then read about all the types and landed on like six. I was like, that's that's me. I think that's the one. Um, and then now when I like go back and take the quiz, I always get six. But it's like I've heard a lot of people kind of having the same experience. And so I think yeah. those online tests are helpful. But when people tell me that they take them, I'm like, that's awesome. But also like make sure you go back and read because, you know, like you could just kind of be behaving a different way because of something going on in your life or whatever. And like three is my stress arrow, I guess. So at that point when I took the quiz, like that might have been kind of where I was operating from rather than my true type, I guess. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I feel like that's kind of been a common theme with a lot of these interviews. Several of the people that are yeah. really, that know a lot about the Enneagram haven't even taken the test. So what was it about the six? So, you know, you were thinking you were a three, but you weren't really sure. When you started reading more about the six, what was it that really resonated with you? Um, I think, well, I started reading the six and it was kind of like that sinking feeling like, oh no, like <laughs> this is me. And I, yeah. I've heard other people say that too. It's like reading through your diary. You're like, how did they know? Um, but I think really 
knowing that I'm a type six has given me language for things I've known my whole life, but didn't know how to put into words or didn't know that other people felt the same way, you know, who are type sixes. And so um, sixes have like this strong need for security. That's how they're motivated. And I totally get that. Like that is how I make decisions and how I operate. Um, And then just like kind of specific examples, one of the biggest for me is that sixes build a network of support wherever they are because they're loyalists. That's kind of the other word for it. Um, And so I um, read about being a six and thought immediately to, oh, my goodness, I have done this in my life. So my mom died when I was nine. And since then, I've kind of cultivated this group of second moms who have Um, helped me to grow up and like really just been with me in every facet of life. And it's so important to me to like have a group of people like that. And I think that it's something that's always been important to me, but just, I didn't have the language to know like, oh, I needed to do that. It wasn't just a good idea. Like that was really something important. And that kind of touches on the whole security part of the Right, fit. totally, so yeah. actually you were feeling this need in yourself to feel more secure and have kind yes. of, you know, this group around you. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, when I'm reading um, about the sixes, it seems that, you know, fear is the word they use a lot and um, which kind of, cor- you know, it, it coincides with talking about mm-hmm. security as well. Um, do, do you feel like um, you're a fearful person in general yeah, um, I I would say so. Um, so a way that I've heard it put, which has been helpful to me, is that rather than sixes really being motivated by fear, it's more this underlying anxiety. So okay. fear is like there is a grizzly bear in the room and it's going to attack me. But anxiety is like, well, a grizzly bear could walk into my room yes. and attack me or like I could fail that test or I could whatever. Um, and so that's kind of always the thoughts going on in my mind. Like this could happen, you know, like what if, what if. Um, so it's really, it's not like present threats in the environment. It's not fear as that definition. It's more of just like a worst case scenario kind of Mm. thinking. Um, And it's something that I didn't realize, like not everyone does that (laughs) is something that I've learned through the Enneagram. Like not everyone's thinking what could go wrong at every single second of the day, but I'm totally doing that. Oh, I'm totally doing that too. And that's when I really (laughs) was like, oh, am I I sure I'm not a six? Because I I do the same thing. And you probably find, you know, it's funny we talk about these like dark sides or these strengths or these weaknesses and the whole anxiety thing in general, I think for anxiety is really interesting in that, yes, we spend a lot of time overthinking these situations that probably are never going to happen. But at the same time, I think sixes, and I've read this as well, when they're actually in the midst of the crisis, they are the most calm people there because they've thought about it so many times that they're ready to act in crisis. Yes, totally. I always surprise myself with that. Like I am just like a ball of nerves thinking about what could go wrong. But when that thing actually does go wrong, it's like, oh, oh, okay. It actually <laughs> happened. Like I've already rehearsed this in my head. I know exactly what to do. It's, it's funny. So, I mean, that's obviously a strength right there. Although that probably doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Hopefully you're not in some like major crisis situation. Yeah. But what would you say are some of your other strengths in being a six? Um, well, I think that Sixes, so loyalty is one of the other traits in addition to kind of being um, anxious about things. And so I am able to be like the loyal skeptic friend in relationships Mm -hmm. and ask the hard questions and kind of troubleshoot things that could go wrong. Like I, I can look at a situation and easily pick out like that's going to go wrong, you know? Yeah, Um, Yeah. And so I've kind of learned to... Um, I guess grow that in myself instead of like sitting back and saying like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. You know, like telling people up front and being like, hey, I'm noticing this situation and I wonder if we could better do it this way, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I'm certainly someone who like goes down with the ship. I have a really hard time letting go of relationships and beliefs and that sort of thing, which can be a negative when those kind of things need to be let go of. Right. But also I've seen as a strength in my life that relationships are just very, very important to me. Yeah. Well, they are to sixes. Definitely. Yeah. You know, like you said, creating that support around you. So, um, 
do you find that you're drawn to certain types? Do you have more friends that are a certain type than other? That's an interesting question. I well, so I keep a list in my phone of you all of my friends' types. Yes, isn't that so <laughs> weird? Um, I don't know why I do this. I I truly do not know. But um, maybe it's because I just I care about relationships so much, and I love seeing the way that like I interact differently with different people who are different types. I don't know. But yeah, like I, I have this list. I mean, you and Kristen are on there because I consider you friends. Like you, you totally are. (laughs) Um, like anyone that I know who's told me their type, they're on my list and I'll have friends like text me and say, do you know any other like type eights? Like, have you heard of anyone? You know, and I'll like send them a list of like six people like, yeah, you might know these guys. I Um, love that. (laughs) But anyways, so yeah, I, I think that I've always been attracted to friends who are type nine, just because that's kind of the direction that I go in growth. And so I see things in them that it's like, yeah, sometimes that is me, but not all the time. And I wish it was, you know, because that's like when I'm really insecurity. Um, But sixes are interesting because they're kind of like social chameleon is a word that I've heard used for it. And they change a little bit with whatever type that they're with. So that's been interesting to see. Like sometimes I take more of a backseat in relationships and sometimes I have more things to say, you know, and I think it's, it's kind of neat to have more language for that instead of just being like, I'm different with this friend than this one. Right. But to see why. Yeah. Well, I agree. Threes are the same way. Threes are very Mm -hmm. much social chameleons when they're out. They can definitely adapt to who they're with and kind of change their style. Um, I think honestly, I think it's a great idea that you keep that list because I I feel like since I've really gotten into this over the past, you know, couple of months, so helpful for me in realizing what people's motivations are. For instance, my husband's an eight, which is the challenger. And we've been together for 17 years and I'm just starting to realize things about him from reading about his type that makes so much sense to me. So I think it's amazing to kind of keep that in the back of your head when you are dealing with someone in a certain type, because it can be extremely helpful in understanding where they're coming from. Yeah, that's so true. It's been like the best thing um, to breed empathy for me, just for how other people do things. Instead of being frustrated by something or just kind of not understanding, saying like, oh, you're motivated by something completely different than I am. Of course, you're going to respond differently to the situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think, what do you wish other people understood about being a type six? Um... Well, one of the things that I feel like is most misunderstood by people who I talk with is just like the fact that I'm a type six. So like people know in my life that I love the Enneagram and I'll like make them go take the test and then of course tell me what they are. And they'll say like, yeah, like I loved it. I read about mine and they're like, but I read about yours and you're a type six. Like that doesn't make sense. And I think that a lot of times sixes don't come across as the, what they're described as because they hide that underlying Mm -hmm. anxiety so well. Like sixes come across a lot of times as like funny, warm, people who like look like they have it all together. And um, so I would say that that is definitely something that is misunderstood a lot. Just the fact that like you are a type six. Um, And then also sixes are kind of a bundle of contradictions at times. A lot of people, I think six has been said is possibly the most common type. Yes. Um, But it's interesting because there's like two different veins of sixes. So there's counterphobic and then there's phobic. And you can flip back and forth, um, but usually you're maybe more one than the other. So one um, like responds well to authority, wants to please authority. Those are the people pleasers. And then the other one immediately questions authority and can sometimes be mistyped as an eight because they seem so deviant in what they do according to authority. So that's an interesting facet as well. Um, and something that I didn't know until I started looking more into the type. Wow. I had never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I had read somewhere that, yeah, you can, that, either you're just right in line with authority or you really can kind of be like, "Mm, I'm not so sure about this. So which one do you lean towards? I lean more toward the phobic one, which is being loyal to and really aware of who's in charge. Like I love knowing the rules and I feel very secure when I know the rules. Like I'm a people pleaser and operate from believing that security kind of lies in other people. But 
I can look at different parts of my life too and notice like, oh, like I was more counterphobic in that situation. Like I didn't trust that person until I had a reason to and that kind of thing. So let's just say that a lot of people that are listening to this are taking the test this week or, you know, they're looking Mm -hmm. into it, looking at the books and some of them, well, since it is the most common type, (laughs) maybe a few, a lot of them are going to find out they're sixes. So what advice would you give to those who have just found out that they're a six? Yeah, I would say that even if you don't know much about being a six, but you find out that's what you are, you probably know that you're operating from this place of fear or anxiety, whatever you want to call it. And one of the most helpful things to me in that has been that... So it seems like the antidote to fear, the way to combat that is to just be brave and have courage, right? But that's actually not the most helpful thing in my experience. And I found that courage assumes that we have this sort of certainty, like certainty that it's all going to work out and be okay. And that's just not realistic for a six. Like I'm never going to get to this place of certainty. And so instead of focusing on courage and bravery, I've shifted my focus to faith and just having faith in the fact that things are going to work out even without certainty, you know, and having faith in things that are more powerful than me, like God and love and friendships and that sort of thing. And so really just changing that focus from just like, I must be brave in this situation because I'm so scared Mm -hmm. to a focus on faith instead. Oh, that's really lovely. That is really very well put. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for joining us. I, yes, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know about you sixes now. Yeah, you know, all there is to know. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for today. Um, find us over at selfiepodcast.com. We want to hear whether or not you keep your apples in the fridge <laughs> and if you have any snack ideas for us. <laughs> Please do. I'm dying and- to know. And we will have all the links to the snacks, including some of the Trader Joe's goodies that you can now buy on Amazon. Um, So next week, in our next episode, we are going to be talking about our most used apps on our phone, the things that keep our life running and the wheels on. Yes. And then we'll also be looking into the Enneagram Type 7. What's the 7? Fun, fun, fun. That's an inside Enneagram joke. (laughs) (laughs) there was like a five second delay on that i'm like oh yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah i get it i get it (laughs) the enneagram sevens are the fun type the fun the fun peeps so we'll be talking about that next week and you guys have a good one thanks for joining us continue the selfie conversation with us on instagram at at selfie podcast and on facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.